from the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. It's a Bill King show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Hot is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's a Bill King show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation on Tuesdays is with us. Griff, how you doing this morning? Oh, we're not getting Griff yet. Uh-oh. I don't think I got a message from him anywhere that says, Bill, I'm a no-go. I don't think so. Let me look. Griff, Griff, where are you, Griff? Way down the text messages, I see nothing. I think he's, no, I haven't heard from him anything to the contrary. But Griff's supposed to be with us here in this lot. Gator Dave coming up in about 15 minutes. And yes, later this hour, probably in about 25 minutes, we'll get to about a four-minute clip with Bill Shanks. And Coach Paul Johnson, legendary, I would say, had a heck of a career at Georgia Tech, is in the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame, and had some interesting things to say about his successor at Georgia Tech. And we will play some of that audio from Bill's good interview, outstanding interview with Paul Johnson. See if he can push back some, because if we delay five or ten minutes, we won't have any time. See if, what about top of this next hour? You want to ask him? Yeah. Apparently he just landed in Atlanta. As we know, that's not a very busy airport at all. You can just in and out of there easy. (laughs) I mean, it's like, there's a couple of, uh, Prop planes, that's about it. Propellers, yeah, that's about it. Nothing nothing big there. Just the busiest airport on the planet Earth, right? Yeah, see if we can move Griff to the top of hour number three. 
if that would fit him for this morning. Griff is a man on the move, y'all. Ken down in middle Georgia. Hey, Bill. Oh, I read about that. Wasn't Mark Rick part of that too? I think so. Yeah, I think so. He was down in Gainesville, a Spurrier Award event. Ask Griff, like last year, will he attend the Macon Touchdown Club Spring Jamboree? We'd like to meet him and speak to him this year if we can get past all the handlers. You know, Griff is good about that kind of stuff. Now, I don't know what his schedule is and all that, but he's good about that. I'll tell you what, Patton, do you have, can you fetch that audio clip? Right here would be a good place to go. It's the uh, one I sent you of uh, Bill Shanks and Paul Johnson. Yeah. And it's very, very interesting, that interview, and uh, very good questioning. Didn't know that was going to come up. I don't know if Bill knew that would come up or not. I haven't talked to him about that in particular. But nonetheless, very, very interesting interview. And as we mentioned, you all folks know Bill Shanks, but he runs all the stations. He's the head guy of all those stations down there that carry this show. All right, this is the clip. Bill Shanks talking to Paul Johnson. Again, the festivity is about him, Coach Johnson, making it into the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame. But the topic about his successor, at Georgia Tech, comes up, and he is very, very pointed in his opinion here. Coach Paul Johnson is our guest uh, going to the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame uh, this weekend. Obviously, uh, after you left, um, there were problems for Georgia Tech of keeping at the same level of, of what you had it at for 11 years. <clears throat> Regardless of the details of how that happened, did you expect when you left, Coach, because of the of the potential of them changing the offense, if that was the direction they were going to go, that they would have a, a period that it would be tough for them? Not really. I mean, I, th- I think the change in the offense things gets blown way out of proportion. I mean, we've had to go in and change the offense everywhere I've ever coached. Uh you know, when when I went into Georgia Tech, certainly we had to change. When I went to the University of Hawaii, we changed. Uh, we changed when I went back to Navy. They had gotten away from what we were doing. Wow. Uh, Georgia Southern had kind of gotten – they had drifted away after I'd left to, to different things, but maybe not so drastic. But, uh, you know, I could tell you my personal opinion about what happened to Georgia Tech, but I won't get into that. Uh well, the, let, uh, let me ask you this. Were you surprised that Jeff Collins and, – and I know I don't, I'm not asking you to, to, you know, be specific about that. Oh, go ahead. That, that he seemed to want to have the exact opposite of every of – not everything, but a lot of what you did. Was that a surprise to you? Well, he wanted to reinvent history a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, and I kept thinking about – he was going back to when Georgia Tech was relevant and when they were this, that, and the other. And I was trying to think back when they were better than when we were there. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe in the 50s. Uh, but uh, 
the if you if you went back and looked, I kept looking for all the championships they had won and all the and it's like you know he just distorted everything when he got there. I mean, I'll just call a spade a spade. I don't I don't care. I got no respect for the guy, so I can say what I want. Uh, he he went in and distorted everything that was there and acted like we had never won a game. I know. And lied about who he inherited. Lied about the offensive line. Lied about you know us not going to the high schools in Georgia. He just told a bunch of whoppers, and it came back to get him. I sure mean, because there wasn't much substance there. Well, that was the thing that I think people were that around the state were like, "Well, what is he? What is he trying to do here?" You know, you, you kind of went from a hard-nosed football coach who had success <clears throat> to P.T. Barnum. Right? Well, you know what was really amazing, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I will. I've never been one to hold much back. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the opposing coaches in the league would call me, and they were laughing. And I had one particular coach who called me after they had really pounded him at home there in Atlanta. And he told me, he said, Paul, it's a circus. And he goes, I told my, my kids after the game in the locker room, he said, congratulations. He said, you just beat a team that physically had kicked our ass for the last three years. And he goes, I'm not just saying that to you. He said, when we got through with those games, he said, well, it was hard for us to play the next week because of the physicality and the, and the way you played. And uh, I had another coach who called me late on a Saturday night after they had beaten him, and he was laughing. He said, I even lined up your formation at the end just to stick it in. <laughs> and I was like, so, you know, I think the people who knew knew. Yeah. Uh, but uh, – and, and not only did it frustrate – I guess I got frustrated with it, he frustrated a lot of the former players who played there. Yeah. I mean, you know, there were kids who had played and won double-digit games and played in Orange Bowls and played in ACC championship games and just totally disrespected what they had done and the tradition and the history. And, you know, I told somebody the team that he inherited had won seven games and finished second. And that's that. That's the Yeti was still talking, but you heard it. How about that? He got a call late on a Saturday, I guess, after a team had beaten Georgia Tech. And the coach told him, just to rub it in at the end, we went into your offensive formation at Georgia Tech as the game was ending. How about that? Said, I've got no respect for the guy. Told a bunch of lies. Anyways, I've known Jeff Collins for a while. Now, are we in touch all the time? No. But I've never had an issue with him, but that right there was interesting. And I totally trust what Paul Johnson's saying there. I'm just... Wanting to mention, I don't really have a a dog in this fight, per se, but that is poignant. That is, I got to give Coach Johnson credit. Some coaches won't come out and say something like that, and I, I respect that. If that's the way he feels, I respect it. And if that's what he said went down, his version of it, I have to respect that too. 
How about that, y'all? Coach on coach crime there. <laughs> now, now, Paul gets criticized maybe through the years. He's not real personable. And by the way, if you're winning, who cares? Bill Belichick's not real personable either. He's not the life of the party, never has been. That is not his style. That's not the way he's going to be. He's not going to be Mr. Media Magnet. He just goes out there and coaches ball, man. I respect that. I respect that. Pat in the 9-1-2. Hey, Bill, don't forget Johnson won two natties at Georgia Southern. I know. That offense, I want to repeat. I've heard for 40 years, you can't run that offense anymore. I've heard that for millions of years. Bill, you can't run that crap. The hell you can't. The hell you can't run that offense. You think Vanderbilt would be better off right now with whatever they're trying to do in a pro formation set or back to the eyeball that Jerry DiNardo had? Now, are there limitations to it? Can you come back if you're down with an offense like that with its limitations in the passing game? Yeah, there are some issues. But the hell you can't run that. Let me let me ask you this. If Alabama, and that's not gonna happen, Coach DeBoer's not that coach. He's not gonna run that offense. But if a dude came in with Alabama talent and tried to run that, it would absolutely be successful. Good morning. We see that heavy traffic right now coming through the Hermitage area on uh, 40 westbound here at Central Pike. You got all that traffic coming in behind it from Wilson County towards Nashville. It's crowded, no surprise. Westbound Vietnam Vets at Conference Drive is still wanting to load up at times with heavy traffic volume on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area. Uh, still a push of heavy traffic coming in from Murphy Sproul, Rutherford County up through that area there. Uh, in Antioch, so be careful. Prince's Hot Chicken has you covered with catering. Check out that menu today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Do you ever feel like gambling is causing financial strain or hurting your relationships? The Gambling Clinic has been helping people who want to change their gambling habits for over two decades. With physical clinics and remote online appointments, we're here to help you make informed decisions about your gambling so it doesn't lead to a bigger problem. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com so we can work together to help you win your life back. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. A friend of mine just bought a new house for the first time. A new house. I mean, my wife and I loved to own a house, so I asked him how he did it. And he smiled and he said he went to the knowledge tree. (laughs) He had this happy look on his face. So I told him to tell me more. And he said, John, the lack of knowledge will keep you poor. Then he handed me a brochure. It was from Knowledge Tree Mortgage. Now I understood. And after one phone call, I understood even more. Knowledge Tree Mortgage specializes in first-time homebuyers, folks like me who get the runaround from banks, and he got us pre-qualified. Knowledge Tree Mortgage got us our mortgage. And tomorrow, my wife and I are going to become first-time homebuyers. Here's the number, 859-9599, 859-9599. Money doesn't grow on trees. Knowledge does. 
Knowledge Tree Mortgage, 859-9599, 859-9599. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Maybe it's an overreaction on Monday, but I'm going to move it forward for me. Pump the brakes a little bit on Kyle Shanahan. He's got to do it to be included as he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Now, right now, I would say Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in the NFL, and he's one of the best coaches of all time. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNF. Get in on the Bill King Show. Dave with us. Gators Breakdown. Heard on all the platforms out there. Dave, Russ Callaway to co-offensive coordinator. Your thoughts there? Bill, I still think there's a lot of questions there. Um, And that is if Billy Napier will give up the play calling duties to Callaway. Uh, In in the initial report, it did say he would heavily be involved in the offense. Uh, and you know, and, and have a say. And the uh, rumor or thought was last year, Bill, that he was heavily involved in the red zone portion of the offense, uh, game planning, and maybe even you know shared his thoughts game day, play calling and stuff. Uh, and that's where Florida um, did excel on, on offense last year. I think they were top twenty in red zone production uh, there. So you know, of course, Bill, I, I think when you zoom out and look at maybe what he brings, it is more of the passing concept. He has that air raid background had a lot of success at Samford and the FCS. And you got to pair that with Billy Napier's, um, you know, background and, and, and stature and being able to come, you know, to coach the running portion uh, of, of running an offense. So, Maybe, you know, a marriage of those two ideas, but Russ Calloway, at the very least, Bill, will be involved a little bit more. Um, I was able to confirm uh, part of the report as well that there was some outside interest in Russ Calloway. So is this a move entitled to, you know, to keep him there uh, and give me more responsibility? Uh, hopefully, you know, when the Florida will either announce it or we'll get to talk to Billy Napier next week as spring practice kicks off. But um, so I, I still think there's some questions of how involved he'll be. It, it will be more, but I think the question still remains, Bill, is um, is Billy Napier going to give up? I don't, I don't think he'll give up the play calling, at least all the way. Uh, but, um, you know, that's the, the biggest question coming out of this still. 
You think he'll acknowledge the question specifically about the play calling duties or be vague about it? Um, he's been, well, this way, he's been, he, at the National Signing Day press conference, um, you know, he did say they would adjust some roles on offense and they were still figuring that out. So is this part of this? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but then on the official uh, Florida podcast, when he was talking to play-by-play announcer Sean Kelly, he was asked, and he, he specifically said he was still going to call the plays. So that was a couple of weeks, you know, three three weeks ago. Uh, so has anything changed since then? Uh, I'm sure he will be asked. I, I would expect him to answer answer truthfully, but, you know, the answer up until this point is I'm calling the plays. So if it is changing, you know, I, I'd expect him to be honest with it, with this bill and, and not hide behind it. But um, that that's that's just my opinion on there. Do most want to see him relinquish that job description? Uh, they they do, Bill. And look, I mean, th- that's been a big point of contention uh, when you talk to you know fellow Gator fans and or go on social media, and it's just um, you know. You'll get the feedback. Well, the offense is fine. The defense needs fixed. Well, okay, that, that's that's true on the surface. We know the offense is ahead of the defense, but there's still a lot of room for this offense, Bill, uh, to, to to grow. And, and can what this does, Bill, all these moves that Billy Napier has made in the offseason, you bring in Ron Roberts on defense and restructuring the staff and on special teams and other defensive hires as well. There's a couple ways to look at it. It does give Billy Napier – the ability to spend more time with the offense and just kind of hand off the defensive parts of the team. I mean, he, he did name Ron Roberts, you know, coach, uh, head, uh, head coach of the defense. So that lets me know, okay, all that responsibility on defense is probably going to go more towards Ron Roberts and Austin Armstrong now. So that opens up Billy Napier to be more involved with the offense and get that next step of the offense. Um, because there is a step, you know, he, while it is better than the defense, there are still a lot of issues and, Outside of the offense, too, Bill, I mean, we saw it. All the penalties Florida Florida would have, special teams issues, game management issues, game flow issues. It's just – would Billy Napier not calling the plays help in the other areas to just kind of clean up the operation? So, um, maybe, you know, Russ Calloway hands off that, too, and Billy Napier can step in when he feels like he needs to. Uh, But I do think the main main part for me, Bill, is is cleaning up the other areas. You know, the – the parts where you thought a Billy Napier team would be disciplined and, and not have the dumb mistakes, that's got to be erased in year three. So all these responsibilities, all these new coaches that Billy Napier has brought in, you know, that's what you hope is the outcome of that coming into year three. And with that said, you've made it clear the defense is the side that should be more of a priority, if if we're going to use that word priority. Right, right, Bill. I mean, good. The offense has been, I will say, you know, quote, good enough. If if the defense was just as good as the offense, Bill, we, the hot seat talk wouldn't even exist right now. You'd, you'd be talking about, you know, taking that next step and, you know, maybe competing for a playoff spot or something this year. But the defense has held Florida back so much. And, you know, it, it, it is complimentary football that needs to be helped here more than anything for Florida. Uh, you know, you can't put it all in the offense. You can't expect them to be perfect. You, you need that defense to complement them. Uh, so you bring in Ron Roberts, pair that with a young, you know, a young defense that needs to take steps. Uh, a lot of young guys got snaps last year. Austin Armstrong probably learning on the job a bit last year as a first-time SEC defensive coordinator. So you take that experience and you pair that with the veteran experience of Ron Roberts, and you hope that next step 
uh, for, for, for the defenses there. They, they got a big, big leap to make if Florida's going to make a lot of noise. But, you know, I think, Bill, I think you know for the offense, you have a baseline of probably what you're going to get. You got Graham Mertz coming back. You got Montreal Johnson coming back. Trey Wilson there at receiver. You got some pieces coming back that have played in this offense. You know, how, how big of a step can the offense take? But I mean, more than likely, Bill, I mean, I think Billy Napier's job really hinges on this defense finally coming around and being, you know, something that they, that they can rely on. Gator Dave Gators break down with us each and every Tuesday. Well, you said what? Couple of weeks out on spring ball. Yeah, uh, March 7th, Bill, is going to be that date. So we're looking at next week uh, kicking off uh, spring ball. So certainly uh, I think uh, Ron Roberts was you – know, I, I was speaking of the uh, you know, the official Gator podcast, and uh, he was on that last week. First time we've gotten to hear from Ron Roberts since he's been hired at Florida. And I, I shared some sound bites over the weekend and kind of got Gator Nation excited a little bit. But yeah, it, it wasn't a hopeful comment, Bill. I think I, the way I labeled it was it was a realization of, hey, when we go and get this defense and when we put this thing together this spring, we got you know we'll figure out how Austin Austin Armstrong and I will work together is what Ron Roberts said. But hey, in the end, this doesn't need to look like year one of Billy Napier. Doesn't need to look like year two. This is not rebuilding. This is not transition time anymore. This needs to look like year three. So there, I, there's a realization there of, and, and a sense of urgency that, hey, we, we got to get this thing together. Uh, and I think, you know, there's a sense of urgency in the building, Bill, just because of, you know, the first two seasons under Billy Napier and getting this thing fixed. But spring practice is going to be a, a huge, huge, uh, you know, test for this defense to get those, new pieces figured out why you got, you know, but Will Harris coming in at defensive back. Um, Ron Roberts will be helping out in the linebacker room. Gerald Chapman up there on the defensive line. So there's a lot of change uh, on that side of the ball when you got a lot of players returning from last year. So uh, a lot to figure out in that month uh, of spring ball. But, yeah, kick kicks off next week, Bill. So we'll have a little bit to talk about as far as some on-the-field action. Dave in – Dalton, Georgia wants to know, I think this came up a few weeks ago, but we can repeat it, wants to know from your point of view, what does ATN, the running back, bring to the Georgia offense? Uh, it does bring I, – I do wonder how much it would change for Georgia's offense than compared to Florida, Bill, because for Florida's offense, he was he was the explosion out of the backfield. You know, Montreal Johnson's a really good running back. Uh, but when you needed that big play – that it, it came from ETN. When you need that 60 yard run, uh, it, it came from ETN. So um, I, I would expect more of the same there. Um, now, he will be running behind. I think what's going to help him and probably the reason for this move is he'll be running behind a much better offensive line than he ever had at Florida. So um, I, that's something I'm kind of you know, wanting to see is how much that actually, you know, helps him even more. How how much of a better player uh, does that make him playing with all the talent that surrounds him? So uh, the biggest question would be, Bill, is pass blocking. Uh, and, you know, how much will he have to do that at Georgia? I'm sure some, but, you know, at Florida, you know, he had to stay in the backfield to help that offensive line that I'm talking about. Maybe he won't have to stay in as much uh, and, and help that you know, offensive line uh, become an extra blocker there. Uh, for for the Georgia offense, so explosion uh, that that's that that's the biggest thing, and that's that's not to say he's not um, 
you know, a, a tough runner. He is. He's low to the ground, great center of gravity. He's hard to bring down. Shans a lot of tackles, but it's all he, you pair that with the explosion. So it's, uh, you know, sad for Florida fans, but probably good for ETN about, you know, what he'll be walking into there at Georgia. Sam Dog, Middle Georgia. Ask Dave who is the bubble rap player for the Gators for spring practice, meaning the player you want to rap bubble, rap around because you can't get him hurt. Can't afford it. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's gonna uh, not to take the easy way out and go quarterback, Bill. But that's gonna be that's gonna be Trey Wilson for Florida. You know, the wide receiver, the true freshman receiver from last year, returning for his second year, expecting big, big things from him. And he didn't go through fall camp last or spring camp last year, Bill. He came in in the fall. Uh, he got hurt early on in fall camp as well. So you know, even missed that pre- a little bit of prep time in the fall. So kind of was just really learning on the job last year as a true freshman during the season. So now he gets. You know, some strength and conditioning, gets a spring uh, camp around him to get more experience. But he's the only proven, talking about that word explosion again, explosion at the wide receiver position there for Florida. So it it is uh, it is not even close to me, Bill. It is Trey Wilson, head and shoulders above everybody else uh, for, for, for the offense and the explosion that he brings. So, uh, you know, Florida's got to find some depth uh, and, and fill, fill out around him at the receiver position. Uh, that's just how I think vital he is, uh, and also replacing Ricky Pearsall from last year as well. Through the years, I've noticed this, and I'm a huge fan of Wilson. I think he's a supreme talent. But it's really hard sometimes, Dave, and you've probably noted this too, to have a really explosive freshman year, and then that second year duplicate it or better it. It just seems when it's – when it's that big of an explosion initially as a true freshman, always seems like that second year it's hard. I can, and I can see that too because when you go back to last year's Florida offense, and you know, like we go back to the beginning of our conversation here, and you know, even for all of its faults, you had two good receivers once Wilson came on. You had Pearsall out there, and that took some of the you know, pressure off of him as well. Well, now it's all on him. Uh, and he's going to be the focal point of this offense. And now defenses will, of course, be able to focus to, to, to him, shift to him, uh, double-team him, bracket him uh, in ways that he probably didn't see last year. So it's going to be on Billy Napier, Russ Calloway, you know, and these passing concepts of this offense to find ways to get him open, find ways to get him the ball. Uh, but also, Bill, just kind of going to your point, you hear about that sophomore slump uh, <laughs> a good bit as well. Uh, that that just happens, uh, you know, and uh, so I think a combination of those two things, yeah, it, it could stick out to where you know he does it um, get to duplicate, uh, you know, the second half of the season that we saw him really, really come on last year. Uh, yeah, I think there could be a couple of reasons for that, and eager to see how he handles. He is the guy. I mean, even as a sophomore, Bill, he is the guy at wide receiver there for Florida, and see how he handles all that. Georgia Dog on the Emerald Coast says, Dave is the best non-biased guy in the business. Ask him if he's ever had a slip of the tongue, kind of like he's referring to me last Saturday when I dropped the S-bomb on their show. <laughs> uh, See, on your podcast, you're not you're not bound to that on your podcast. No, especially not any longer. You know, I, I still work with the TV station, but the the partnership with the podcast it's there, but you know, it's 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 separate at the same time. Uh, sure, it's not sure. Yeah, so um, when I when I was more partnered with the station with the podcast, um, I I did 
I, I really, really stayed away from it just because of the, the partnership and the respect there. I, I still, Bill, uh, I still mostly stayed away from it. Um, I, I can't recall. I can't recall getting the slip up there, Bill. After 30 and, be, and, and, and believe me, behind the scenes, uh, I, I've probably cussed like a sailor. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but I, I don't, you know, kind of like you, I just, uh, there's, I don't, I don't see a need to be that way on the, right. on, on the podcast. So I'm sure I have slipped up there or whatever, Bill, but uh, I think it's different on the podcast. Like you said, podcast form, YouTube, more so than the radio waves out there. Yeah, after 37 years, and it never occurred to me, but Saturday I dropped the S bomb. I have no idea why. I saw your tweet. I saw your tweet about that. So yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I'm still alive. What? I'm still here. So was it? What was it? Uh, were you like emotional about something, or just kind of like casual conversation? And it just let, slipped as, out. As casual as you could be, it was okay. Something, what would you do if you were the czar of college football? And I really, it was a Saturday morning. My brain's not functioning like it typically would be. And then I remembered I'd get rid of the committee. And that's when the S-bomb came out. Oh, okay. Well, that makes total sense then. <laughs> Dave, we'll <laughs> see you next week, man. <laughs> <laughs> see you, Bill. Uh, Griff will be with us, Patton said, at 25 past next hour. Griff just landed 20, 30 minutes ago in Atlanta. We'll have him on here shortly. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. The police are cleaning up a couple of earlier accidents. Right now, we're still seeing heavy traffic in a couple of spots out here, like trying to get through Hermitage on 40 westbound at Central Pike. A lot of traffic coming in right now from uh, Wilson County, the Mount Juliet area, especially 24, still remains heavy westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area. In from Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, it's really crowded. Westbound Vietnam Vets there at Conference Drive as you come through Hendersonville. It's running pretty slow. Hey, 24-7, reliable crane and rigging services right here in Middle Tennessee. It's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging. Check them out online, TomahawkCrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Looking for something to take your mind off this traffic? How about a true story of instant success? Did you hear about the two friends who went grocery shopping in Ashland City and picked up everything on their list plus $75,000? Or the one where a truck driver made a last-minute stop off Interstate 40 and drove off with a cool million? All their lives changed in an instant, and yours could too. So stop by your local retailer for your chance with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing, life-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Your brain is an amazing thing. But as you get older, it naturally begins to change, causing a lack of sharpness or even trouble with recall. Thankfully, the breakthrough in Prevagen helps your brain and actually improves memory. The secret is an ingredient originally discovered in jellyfish. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who are cognitively normal or mildly impaired, Prevagen has been shown to improve memory. 
A Pharmacy Times National Survey of Pharmacists rated Prevagen the number one pharmacist-recommended memory support brand for the fifth year in a row. You can find it in the vitamin aisle in stores everywhere without a prescription. Help your memory. Try Prevagen today. Prevagen. Healthier brain, better life. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. Are you ready for some March Madness? Then don't miss out on any of the action at the High Valley Conference Basketball Championship presented by United Fidelity. It's the return of the Ford Center downtown Evansville for March 6th through the 9th as the first entries into the men's and women's NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets and single game tickets are now on sale to each OVC school's ticket office, Ticketmaster, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person. gives you a wide latitude on topics because Bill King isn't afraid of your telephonic interaction. 's offense was a nightmare until we and he means Clemson got four NFL caliber D linemen other than Clemson Florida State and Georgia they would have a fighting chance in every game there's many keys to playing against a offense like Paul Johnson's which I love. I wouldn't want every team to do it, but I love the uniqueness about it. Love it. But the main disruptor to slow that down is to get it completely bowed or out of rhythm basically a millisecond on the snap. What would that disruption be? It would be at the point of attack. And it would be, I think, the three technique. Now, the three technique is going to line up on the... Well, what, what, what shoulder would that be? The three technique is going to be on the outside shoulder... Of either guard, depending on what defensive alignment you've got. If you if you think about the techniques on the defensive line, the three techniques going to be on the outside shoulder, 
The one technique is going to be on the inside shoulder. The zero is going to be on the center. Now, again, there's various things you could do with that. I don't see many people cock the zero technique at an angle on the center anymore. Used to see that some. The two is going to be straight up on the guards. And then you have the four and the five. The four is going to be straight up on the tackle. The five is going to be on the outside shoulder of the tackle. And then you have the seven. Well, you have the six, the seven, and the nine. But anyways, not not a big. I don't want to. I don't want to get too confusing here. I think because usually, and a lot of teams don't have a dude good enough. Lots of teams. But if you've got a beast as a three technique, meaning he is very twitchy. So he's going to be more athletic than anybody on the offensive line, particularly, and and the service academies are usually a little bit smaller on the, the O-line, but going to be more athletic. That's against any offensive line, usually. Strong, but also long and, and twitchy and athletic and all that. A disruptor. If you have a disruptor immediately when that ball is snapped, doesn't matter whether they're going to, have a, a belly series play with a fullback. The quarterback's going to uh, press the, the end and see what's there, maybe pitch it. if And, and the defensive end's going to have responsibility. The outside linebacker's got key responsibilities. There's, there's a lot of things you got to do. But if you have somebody on the defensive line, a three technique, who can blow that play up at the line of scrimmage and maybe, maybe not necessarily blow the play up, on the ball, but completely blow up the the schedule of that play, if you will. That's huge. I think that's the biggest thing as far as defending it. Do you have that? And I'm not saying everybody needs to be as good as Jalen Carter. That's hard to come by. You're not going to have a guy like that often. But just a guy who is a beast on the defensive line, who's a disruptor, and and from the very onset of the snap, and it does not matter where that ball's going, you have a disruptor there, which bows that play and gets that play off rhythm, off schedule. That's the big part. Now, he was just talking about how and Clemson had some of those teams. Every every defensive lineman was a pro guy, right? That's also, I mean, if you line up like that, he's right. You're just whipping dudes in front of you and making plays. I mean, if you're that good, then so be it. Very hard to come by that many dudes. I don't care who you are. It's It's incredibly hard. I don't care if you recruited and they were all five stars. It's hard for all of those simultaneously to work out. But that's that is a that's a fun conversation. I've always enjoyed that. Yeah, I've always enjoyed that for sure. Drevin's nine on. Twitter, I believe in Macon, says, Bill, triple option would be tough with the new clock rules. Maybe so, but 
I, I still I still think you can run it. Now, again, I, I'm not suggesting that some team that's not running it right now ought to run it. Maybe Vanderbilt. But I'm convinced you can run that and you can win with that. Now, I know here's here's a silly argument I hear. Well, Bill, you can't win a national championship with that. Well, let me let me just stop you right there. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of all teams playing college football, any offense they run, they're not going to win a national championship. Period. So this this item about well, you can't run the triple option with it. You can't win the championship 99.9% of the time when your team runs the I formation. She's not good enough. All right, we'll take the break. Griff, about 20 minutes into hour three. Got moved. Good morning. We've still got heavy traffic flow coming up uh, 65 right now through the Franklin area, up through Williamson County in general, up through the Brentwood area also. It remains busy on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area. you still got a lot of traffic not only coming in from Rutherford County, but especially over here in Hermitage and Donaldson now on 40 west at the airport. It remains a little bit busy there in uh, Hendersonville, Vietnam Vance going westbound towards Conference Drive. Hey, Prince's Hot Chicken is hiring at all their locations. Order online today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Buyandtow.com. Get cash for junk cars. You have a vehicle that's become a problem? You can get cash in your hand today and your vehicle hauled away. They'll buy your vehicle no matter the condition, in your driveway, at your mechanic shop, or even on the side of the road. You can call them at 615-480-6473 or visit buyandtow.com. Get cash in your hand today and your vehicle hauled away. 615-480-6473. Buyandtow.com. That's buyandtow.com. Bar Lines at the Omni Nashville Hotel downtown is at the heart of Music City. Located within walking distance of the Country Music Hall of Fame, Bar Lines at the Omni is your downtown honky-tonk destination. Watch your team for many seat on their plentiful HD TVs and catch a live show on the Bar Lines stage featuring live music seven days a week. Bar Lines has the ultimate southern comfort food. Get started with classic fried green tomatoes or bourbon barbecue wings. Then it's on to the massive Smashville double stack or the world famous bar lines grinder oh you've never heard of the bar lines grinder two kinds of cheese lettuce dijon smoked turkey smoked bacon smoked ham now that's some smoke you want local brews and local spirits are on tap at bar lines take a seat on the patio outside and soak up the rhythm of music city bar lines at the omni nashville hotel fifth avenue downtown Hi, I'm Jeff Fisher. You know, you've probably heard by now that the Nashville Cats are coming back to Music City. Well, you are correct. They're coming back and they're coming in hot starting April 27th with the first of five home games at the historic Municipal Auditorium. There will be an additional game at FM Bank Arena in mid-May up in Clarksville, and that will be honoring our military. Single game tickets as well as season tickets are on sale now. For more information, come visit thenashvillecats.com. 
Hey, it's John Burton from News Channel 5. And it's Patton Cook from National Sports Radio. We are excited for our new show, JB and the General, every Monday through Friday right here on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio. Talking all things Titans, Nashville SC, Preds, anything you want, we can talk. And we don't mind going off the beaten path once in a while as well. Again, that's every Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, right here on WNSR. College football talk on the planet presented by the Omni Nashville Hotel, The Bill King Show. In Georgia, 770. Says, yeah, Bill, teams were beat up after playing tech due to knee surgery blocking. Well, it's pesky, man. It's playing against that offense is all kinds of irritating. It's meant to be. Should be. If you're a defensive lineman, that's a nightmare game. If you're a defensive coordinator, that's a nightmare game. Doesn't mean that you're going to lose to him necessarily, even though Paul Johnson won a good chunk of games. But it's just a nightmare, man. That preparation is a freaking nightmare. I, I've told you, I remember in the early years when um, I got to know Tommy West. Tommy West was at this point, was at South Carolina as the defensive coordinator. And he'd left Tennessee, been at Tennessee a little bit. And South Carolina came to Nashville. And they were about to play. This is real early 90s, uh, Donardo. And I'm on the field talking to Tommy. It's me, Tommy West, and then Chris Lowe. And I remember Tommy saying, man... I've been trying to prepare for this S word. See, got to be careful there, Bill. Been, uh, he goes, I've been staying up all week working on this S word crap that they run, Bill. And it was Jerry's eyebone. Yeah, Tommy, T-Bone West from Gainesville, Georgia. And he was, he was talking about it. It's just, from a coordinator point of view, it's, it's definitely a nightmare. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Griff is going to check in about 20, 25 minutes into hour three. Couldn't get him earlier. He was flying into Atlanta and needed a little time to get back and get uh, situated. But we'll have Griff on here in about 10 minutes or so. No, 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 about, about 25 minutes or so. Yeah, my Griffith, AJC's. Dog Nation. Tomorrow, Brett Ciancia checks in from Pick 6 Previews and also Blake Rafino down in the boot. Topwater Assassin. Bill, if I had Elon Musk money, I'd write a huge check to get Paul Johnson to the Citadel. That style is perfect for his alma mater. It's absolutely perfect. Yep. I don't blame you. You you wouldn't need Elon Musk money at all. Allen and Tampa money would do it. 
Yeah, Allen. Allen's very well off. You just need Allen and Tampa money. I don't know if Paul, though, at this point in his life, and he retired a couple of years ago, I don't know if he wants to jump all back into that bass anymore. But I would, I would love to see it. I, as far as that's concerned, I'm with you. I would, I would absolutely love to see it. Peter up in the Cuse is in the house. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Syracuse. Spot on, Bill, about teams that run the option-type offenses. They would rarely have a shot anyways. It goes, fans ran Coach P and George DeLeon out of town in the early 2000s because the offense was antiquated and they have basically sucked since. De Leon was very creative and innovative with that offense and they had high-powered offenses. I recall, man. When when it's when you're not winning or it's a struggle and you're running that offense, that's always going to be the scapegoat. And yeah, there are problems because typically the quarterback you have is not going to be a real polished type passing quarterback because that guy's not going to come to the school that's running that offense. It kills his resume. If he's a guy that's wanting his best shot for me to get to Sunday isn't going in and running that offense. It's not. So you're going to have a guy who is probably limited in the passing game, and if you get behind and you have to throw the ball, you just have to, it's big trouble. Well, yeah, it's true, but are your odds better with inferior talent running that offense or worrying about if you get down and you're having to throw the ball? The vast majority of any offense that's being run out there right now is not going to win Manning at a certain school, a national championship, because you're not good enough. Let me tell you something. If a team like Oklahoma from the 70s or 80s, with that kind of talent today at a major recruiting destination school, said we're going to run that offense, you could run that offense and be absolutely wicked with it. Now, would you win a national championship? Maybe you wouldn't. But again, you tell me who all's got a chance to win a national championship. There aren't five teams a season good enough in any offense to win a national championship. So if that's your point, anybody's point, then forget it. You're living in a dream world anyways. You tell me right now, we're coming up at 12-team playoff. 12 teams aren't good enough. Most years, they're not four teams good enough to win it all. All right, Griffin, about 20, 25 minutes. AJC's Dog Nation, Omni Nashville Hotel.